0: Welcome to the Rappaport Diamond Podcast, and now your host, Javi Kravitz. Welcome to the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. In this episode, Rappaport's Joshua Friedman chats with two members of the Young Tears Organizing Committee about the group's recent fact-finding trip to India. Lita Asher of Royal Asher Diamond Company and Harsh Shah of Pasavaja Gems give their observations about their experiences at Surat Diamond Factories, the Bharat Diamond Borsa, the new Surat Diamond Borsa, the differences between Surat and Mumbai, and the role that the Young Tears are playing in the industry. It's a fun and informative episode. I'm sure you'll enjoy it too.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Joshua Friedman, news editor at Rappaport and welcome to the Rappaport Diamond Podcast. I'm very excited about this episode because I've got two friends and colleagues from the Young Diamond Tears group joining us. We've just come back from a trip to India with 50 members of the Young Diamond Tears. We've got firstly, I'd like to welcome Lita Asher. Lita Asher is co-president of the Royal Asher Diamond Company based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, is a sixth generation diamond tear and a distinguished member of the diamond industry. You were with us on this recent trip to India and uh, welcome to the podcast, Lita. Great. And we've also got Harsh Shah. Harsh Shah is the director of Pasavaja Gems, a diamond manufacturing and trading company based in Mumbai in India. Uh, Harsh uh, is also a member of the Young Diamond Tears and was influential in organizing the, the recent YD a trip to India. He's also one of the organization's technological experts and a great contributor to the organization. And I'm pleased to have you on the podcast with us. So just as an introduction, The Young Diamond Tears was founded in 2017. It's really part of the World Federation of Diamond Bosses. And the idea was that There needs to be something organized for the future generation to keep people in the industry and to make the industry exciting and appealing for younger people. And it's kind of developed and blossomed from there. Um, There are many events, meetings at various trade shows and other events, conferences. And I think the great step forward was three years ago when the YDs went on an organized trip to South Africa to see the Venetia mine or the Beers mine in South Africa. And that was, I think, 25 people. But most recently, the latest highlight was a trip for 50 people, which was to Surat and Mumbai, Going to see the industry, meet with industry, influential industry people, and get an idea of the, the flavor of the industry there. I had a great time, and I know you guys too did as well. Um, Lisa, just in, in general terms, what were your takeaways from, uh, from that trip?
2: Well, you know, I've got such fond memories of this trip from the very first moment of arriving, getting the chance to really have an inside look in so many different companies. I don't think I ever would have had the chance to do that if I would have gone there on my own. So that was my first thing that I really enjoyed, really understanding how these factories work, which means for me, we work with different companies in India to much better understand why things are going right or wrong, which was an eye-opener. And then, of course, making so many friends. Like, from the 50 people that were there, there was not one that at the end of the trip I didn't speak to yet and connected with. So I think when you talk about the Young Diamanteurs, what I really, really enjoy about it it's sort of the other way around. Like the older generations, is, is difficult to get into. This generation is so easy to get into because they're so open for conversations and all just connecting and being there for each other. I hold that very deep to my heart and I was very excited and happy that I was there. So yeah, that was my take on
1: And Hush, you attended the trip, but you also in a way, welcoming us there. So thank you for welcoming all of us to India. What were your experiences? I mean, we all had a great time. What was the highlight for you?
3: So for me, the actual trip started for us, like, you know, six months back when the organizing committee, you know, started meetings. I mean, every week we have, you know, few meetings and we talk about how things are going to happen and what are we going to do? It was truly uh, an unforgettable experience for me, doing it from start to the end. And it was a great success to see all my friends, you know, coming to India and enjoying their time here. So, um, yeah, it's a, a good event for me. Yeah.
1: I think to me, that highlight for me was really the Surat. We started two days in Surat and then three days in Mumbai. I'd been to Mumbai before. I'd seen about Diamond Bourse, the main exchange there in Mumbai. But I'd never been to the factories in Surat. And... I was just hit by the culture, how warm it was in terms of people's personalities. I liked, I think I mentioned on the last Rappaport podcast, actually, how much I liked the weather compared with Mumbai. Um, but we saw so many different types of factories and every single factory was different, right? It was the business model was different, but also the culture was different. You know, we had some factories where people were wearing company uniforms. Some of them where they had a number on their uniform. Some of them where they were just in their own clothes. Some of them where you could tell that they were kind of being very kind of carefully closely regimented and then some had a much more open culture and what harsh and lethal what were your experiences just of how these companies differed on the kind of the diversity that we saw while we were there
2: um, when we went to HK and were welcomed by 3,000 people clapping, of course, that topped everything. I don't know how to do that better ever in my life again. <laughs> but I think what, what the real thing is, and it was also at Venus, it was also at SRK, and all the other factories we visited, it's like there was a true spirit of the founders how they felt about how the company should be led and how they thought about how to treat people and to work with them. And I think I don't think one was better than the other or one uh, stood out more. It was just really interesting to see that in the Indian culture, for me, that was something I really didn't realize, that it was really from the mind uh, and the thought of how do I make the world a better place and also bringing my company forward. Um, I mean, the one that stood out for me in the end the most was actually not one of the diamond polishing factories was the software company, Lemon Software, because it blew my mind, like what they can do with the software with colored diamonds and how to cut it in a way that you get an even better, intenser color. And of course, Harsh, like my brother, have this passion of figuring out how to get the more intense color. And that's a craftsmanship in our industry that is very rare still to see. That's why I love speaking to Harsh about it as well. But I think what was so impressive at Lemon Software was like, wait, you can make the bluestone even more blue just by using this software and figuring out what degree to cut this on. I mean, most of the people that ever worked with colored diamonds were standing there like, wow, you know, this is insane. And on the same time, it's sad because you lose that craftsmanship that we've had for generations. So it's like, OK, just make sure we don't only do this based on software anymore. But it was, uh, yeah, I, I really was excited about it. And actually, that visit was way too short, which, you know, in the end, I don't know how we survived these days because it was such a packed program, but it was still not enough.
1: And that welcome at HK at Harry Krishna, their factory, and, and so that was definitely nothing I sp- I'd experienced before that. Uh, Our Oscar
2: moment, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just for the listeners who weren't there. They prepared a a whole introduction for us where we got off the coach, we got off the bus, and the entire staff, 3,000 people or something, they all have a purple shirt uniform and they were all lining the entrance street going into the into the factory and they prepared drones and everything and you know rami baron who was the basically the founder of young diamond Head, who led us and then kind of gave a speech at the end as if he was kind of the president coming to visit it was really an amazing experience but i think one of the things that you, know, you touched on this Lita that, that was a strong theme of the trip was the work that some of these companies some of these manufacturers are doing for the communities harsh what was your impression of that i mean it was essentially every company we went to was, was doing something to help the local area the world yeah
3: so for me I'm, I'm from india but i've never been to such places before i mean even i'm from within the industry so getting the access to these places and to understand how people work how they how their ecosystem is and how they they build up what it is today talking about the initiatives and you know things what this company does i am completely impressed by what hk has done with the water reservations and stuff it's just you know it's crazy numbers of lakes in the area where the water is needed. But uh, talking about the welcoming, it was also one of the, you know, lifetime experience at the HK. I mean, I'm sure many of us, you know, got the goosebumps there. I spoke with people and everyone was like, you know, getting the goosebumps while we were entering into the Hare Krishna. It was truly a a different experience. And if I speak about the factory which I Truly admire uh, Alita mentioned here. For me, colors is, you know, passion. And when I went to this software company, this Lemon Tech Technomist, I was so amazed to see the, you know, technology they were working on. I mean, I went to the science lab or maybe, you know, I never thought it's something, you know, related to the diamond when I first entered to the, you know, facility. But it's truly a magical experience being there.
1: One of the things I maybe hadn't appreciated before was how, in terms of the manufacturing, was how seriously they take getting the maximum value out of every stone. And that, that's quite a serious deal when you're dealing with hundreds and thousands of workers. And they showed us, one of the factory we went to, they showed us how in the factory you might have one guy whose job is to, or two people whose job is to take a rough diamond, put it through a machine, study it closely, and then estimate the polished value that will come out of it. And then you'll get some, he'll, he'll, person number one will process it. And then we'll give his kind of report on what on the value that will come out of it. And then somewhere else, person number two, his job is kind of to check him and to do another review of the stone of the rough. And if there's a difference between the two, then the one who came with who estimated the lower value basically gets a penalty. He gets kind of points against him in his in his kind of report card. So it's it's intense. But I I never felt at any of the places that we went to that there was sort of a culture of um, people being maybe over pressured. I got the impression people enjoyed what they were doing, but there. There's um, a lot of incentive to do a good job and to get the most out of the value. And obviously, when we're talking about diamonds and getting the most means, you know, it could be a difference of thousands, of tens of thousands of dollars. Um, just moving on. So we finished in Surat and we moved to Mumbai. I mean, firstly, that train journey from Mumbai to Surat. Anyone who comes to India has to go, has to get a train from Mumbai to Surat. Which, um trying to get, what was it, 50 suitcases onto one carriage of a train without anyone or anything being left behind that was... All well, that cases but on these kind of uh, carts it
2: was a miracle i think
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> there were more than
3: 100 suitcases into to load on the on the on the board on the train i remember that i requested the guy i mean uh, who take care of the, the train timing there i requested them to you know just hold on for a few minutes so that we can you know, load all this luggage inside the train i mean it was just a request and It was, yeah, truly a different experience.
1: So we got to Mumbai in one piece and so did our luggage. And we did quite a few things in Mumbai, but I think the highlight for me with the Mumbai section was actually we, we had a, a real behind-the-scenes tour of the Barat Diamond Bourse, the BDB, which obviously this vast complex of trading. You know, there is a trading floor, but it's mostly offices of diamond companies in Mumbai. And we really, we saw things that I really wasn't expecting to see. We really, how the security works, how the, the communication works. It was really, uh, that was something special, right, Lita?
2: Yeah, that was James Bond. It was very cool to be in the security room with all the TV screens and cameras where you know that whatever you do, they will always know. So that was very cool. And it's interesting to see the diamond boards, first in Sura, that wasn't open yet, right? And then in uh, Mumbai, it's incredible. It's so huge. It's, uh, um, you know, I mean, I think it's like, what, 95% of the polished diamonds come through India, in the world. And when you see what's happening there, I mean, I lived in New York for several years, which also has a lot of diamond people and companies there. So it was great to be there as being part of the industry. Amsterdam used to be the city of diamonds. It's been a while, but we're still here. But the Boris there was uh, amazing. Not enough women, I have to say, but it was great to see it. I'm sure that will come.
1: Right. And we also, we also got to kind of get a taste of some of the differences between Surat and Mumbai, which are these, these two important diamond cities. Hush how would, you, how would you contrast the two experiences of Surat and Mumbai?
3: I have been to Surat for probably 15 months in 2015 for the training. I went there and you know, I used to do the manufacturing and learn there. So I'm much familiar with the Surat environment. I see both the cities are important. Both the places are important for the industry. Surat being you know, more into the manufacturing, more into the you know, craftsmanship and more into the products. When you talk about uh, Mumbai, I see Mumbai market is more into the sales offices or more into the marketing or more into the finished products. So I believe both these cities are important when it comes to you know, the industry.
1: One of the things that I think I failed to mention about our trip to Surat was we visited the Surat Diamond Bourse, which is...
3: Yeah, how can you forget <laughs> an and open market?
1: Yes. So I, I, uh... <laughs>
3: but that's what I was talking about,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, goodness. Yes, that as well. So the, um, the Surat Diamond Bourse is basically empty at the moment, pretty much, but it's this huge building and complex that... Surat wants to, the, the aim is to make it into a, a trading center. And we saw, we, we got an interesting reaction from the BDB in, in Mumbai that they don't really see this as being a competitor to them. They just see it as a, a complementary element in the industry. They're, they're helping each other out. It's, um, harsh, did you, as a kind of someone on the ground there, did you, do you get the impression that that's a kind of a future as a, as a bit of a trading center in the way that Mumbai is at the moment?
3: What I believe is there are many markets in Surat. Like we visited one, there are a few other such markets, you know, in Surat, which are in different places. What I feel now is, after you know, having a centralized place in Surat, all those markets will you know merge into the one bigger market. Talking about the Mumbai and Surat, both will exist. That's what I believe because both have different you know importance in its ecosystem and it the way it operates. So I believe both will exist. Both will work together. But more importantly, all the small markets which are currently in Surat will be you know, merged into the bigger one books. That's what I see.
2: Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like It's, it's difficult to understand as a foreigner how that would work. Uh, but uh, like you're explaining it now, Harsh, so I think you're right. But it was, I have to say, that new one in Surat is so big and you sort of wonder like, how are they going to feel this? But I mean, everything was already taken which is crazy to me but it's interesting to see the future of what will happen
1: yeah most of the diamond companies i spoke to said that they're going to take space in the surat diamond balls but most of them are, are not expecting it to, to kind of overtake mumbai as the trading center anytime soon maybe maybe in a few maybe in several years time lita it's just is your overall impressions i on, on on india from based on the trip what was your overall impression where do you feel that the indian industry is going what was your impression of it
2: I think that the Indian diamond industry is so important to the whole diamond world. It was really inspiring to see the good that these companies do. I think it's an example for us. I think that the whole world doesn't know how good diamonds do. And of course, a part of the Diamonds Do Good board, or at least I was for 12 years still January. But I think the world needs to understand better how great these companies are and what they do. and. You know i think the philosophy behind all of these organizations is incredible and it's very important for us to all understand the indian culture because otherwise it's very difficult to sort of work together so yeah i'm glad i went because it was my only my second time to india and it really changed my view and i think whoever is in this industry should become part of the young demon Terrors, of course but understand these different cultures is very important I think that it's not going away india is only going to grow when it comes to the diamond industry
1: yeah i think on on that point on that note i think actually one of the other highlights for me of the trip was back in surat was we got an audience with um Gorin Dolakia, who's the founder of srk one of the the big diamond manufacturers there and he answered questions about his life he, he's known for being really quite a sort of i guess a grandfather of the industry and having a, a reputation for Obviously, his business success, but also um, his morals and his um, his kind of philosophy on life. He published a book, which we were all given a free copy of, called Diamonds are Forever, So Are Morals, available in all good bookstores. But I think that really kind of summed up a lot of the trip that you know, we saw the important, there's a strong importance of ethics and morals in the diamond industry in India. And connected to that, the the, the YDs, young diamond diamanteurs have themselves been working on a project from the South Africa trip that I mentioned three years ago. And one of the places we visited in South Africa was the Renaissance School in Messina, um, which is a school close to the Venetia diamond mine, the De Beers diamond mine there. And following the trip, there was an effort by some Members of the Young Diamond Tears to try and raise money to expand to sort of build some key facilities in uh, in that school. That was also something that was kind of emphasised on this trip with a, kind of the importance of raising that money and pushing ahead with that project. Harsh, what I don't know if you're directly involved in that project, but what's um, what do you see as being the importance of that?
3: So the project is you know led by Tamara and team. There's a mic as sure. David Cedric Molloy, and a few other innovators you know, involved in the project at, at the moment. I, 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 if you you are part of the you know that evening and you see the energy in those five or ten minutes, and the people, you know, were so much touched by the message, and I think we raised more than hundred thousand, right, Rita, or one twenty. It's more than hundred thousand dollar we raised in just five minutes. I mean, it's insane, you know.
1: Tamara Gabay, who's kind of running that project, was basically made an appeal to people, that, that young Diamond Test and other people who were there that evening, to raise some money. And it was quite a you know a, a frantic, energetic fundraising campaign. As you say harsh in uh, in five minutes, with that hundred thousand was raised, and I think they're still working on raising more. But I think it reflects partly what the development of the young Diamond diamonders because it's, it starts as I mentioned at the beginning, it starts off really as a, a small group of people at a few events, and it, it develops into a WhatsApp group. But it's now, it's now really going from strength to strength. And I think we're all keen to know what, what the future is of the young diamond tears, I'm sure there will be more trips of this type and there's always, you know, people are always saying that it's going to become more organized. Harsh, can you, can you spill the beans on what's going to happen next? What do you know about where the young diamond tears is going next?
3: I must say something like in really near future, we will see much more development in terms of, you know, more organized way. I would say more organized and more centralized way to, you know, operate this group. Because the way we are growing, we need to you know, take care of the members and we need to take care of the things, you know, we are doing at the moment. Like, And also, you'll see many such events and many such trips in the coming years, I'm sure about
1: it. And how, um, Lita, how, how does the young diameters actually benefit people? I think it's an important thing to mention. Is that what's one of the things that came up a lot on the trip in this kind of discussions that we had. Every morning there was a kind of a breakfast discussion session, but also just you know, informally on the bus and stuff. Um, a lot of people, they don't feel, feel that without Young Teres they wouldn't really have any anchor in the, in the industry. What What's your impression?
2: I think it's important to understand that the Young Teres WhatsApp group still exists and constantly people ask questions, give opinions. It's a very open and free conversation, which connects the whole world of people that are in this industry to just talk about stuff. and. You know, you don't read all the messages because sometimes it's too many. But it, it's a very interesting and live conversation, which is number one. Number two is there's always a Young diamond Montero event at any big jury fair that there is around the world, whether it's Hong Kong, Vegas, you name it, anywhere in the world. We come together when you go, you have a glass of wine and you chat with all the people, you meet new people. It's a really great way of just meeting other people and speaking to each other i think the next level that that has been put out there is th- these trips and, and that take it to the next level of the fact that you get the chance to see these worlds right much more closely than you could ever do on your own so i think that's another level of advantages to have as a young man there And, you know, that we are capable and able to raise money for the Renaissance School. And we need still a little bit of money, so whoever wants to donate to this incredible project should do that. But to help a school with a library and a kitchen and some really essential things for kids there to get to the next level, it all brings you back to being a happy person to be working and living in this diamond industry. So it gives you a sense of being and being excited to be part of it, being proud of being part of it. And, you know, as a sixth generation, yeah. I remember when I just started working here and I said to my dad, do I now have to work here the rest of my life? And he said, you know, why don't you first see if you like it? So today I can say, I really like it. I still really love it. And I think the Young D Monterres will help a lot of more people
1: be part of this really great industry. Harsh. Any, any, any final words on uh, what the Young Damitaires means to you?
3: I would say respect. I mean, all the members within the group have respect for each other's opinion. I mean, if I have to say something, no one can judge me. I mean, I mean that's the beauty of this group. I can go and ask Mike Asher. I mean, can you please help me on this? I can go and ask you know Shirak from Shirak from Sheetal or maybe you know anybody giving me access to the people is the key thing I see. This group has importance to me. Another important aspect I see in this group is a lot of women's. Being in the industry, being in the diamond industry, this is the key aspect or you know key essence I would say we as a group have. That's it. Of course, it's networking, but it's more than you know business to me.
1: Great. Well, uh, thank you, Harsh, and thank you, Lita, for joining us on this podcast. I think it's been great to reflect on the India trip again and bring back some of the memories.
2: Are we there yet?
1: Are we there yet?
2: Not (laughs) Not yet. yet.
1: (laughs) The in jokes too. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on this podcast, and thanks to everyone for listening.
0: Absolutely, thanks, Joshua. Thanks, Arch. Thank you. Thanks, Lita. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rapport Diamond Podcast. For more discussions, news and analysis about the diamond industry, visit us on Rappaport.com. Follow Rappaport Group on Instagram and follow Rappaport on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. And don't forget to subscribe to get future episodes.